On December 6, 2018, I fell in the hallway at my house in Texas. I knew I had broken a wrist and I felt I'd broken a hip. I began trying to crawl to the room where there was a telephone, but there was such great pain, I just couldn't do it. I heard a word from the Holy Spirit, and that word was, you can do this. And because of that word, I kept trying, and I crawled a little bit at a time. It took me four and a half hours to get to the room where the phone was. The phone was on a table. I was going to pull on the cord of the phone to get it to fall onto the floor, thinking I would take the receiver and call for help. I was living alone at that time. But the phone receiver squirted off to another area of the bedroom, and I never saw it again. But there was a Kindle tablet recharging underneath that table. If I could get to that Kindle tablet, I might be able to send an email out to our church group and get help. I did reach the Kindle tablet. I was able to send an email out to our church group. I said, help, have fallen, send ambulance. Shortly after I sent the email, I heard the phone ring. I fell at about 2.30 in the morning. So that would have been about, I guess, 7, which is far earlier than anybody ever called me. So I thought it surely must be someone who is trying to tell me that they've gotten an ambulance to come to my house. And sure enough, that's what it was. Pam Paget in Colorado Springs. I lived in Texas at the time. Pam in Colorado Springs got the email. And she called the Lubbock, Texas Police Department telling them I needed help. They sent an ambulance out to my house. I heard someone at my front door just a little bit after that phone had rung. I couldn't get to a phone to answer it. But I felt it was somebody calling me to tell me help was on the way. The ambulance workers got into the house, put me on a gurney, began rolling me toward the front door to take me to the hospital. When we reached the front door of that house, I heard these words from God by His Spirit. You'll never see this house again. Now, that didn't trouble me one bit. I was 81 years old. I already had realized I couldn't live alone past that point. God had another plan for me. From the hospital, I put the house up for sale. One of our church members said, I don't see how you can do that. How can you put your house up for sale? I said, well, I heard from God. I'll never see it again. When we have faith in God and when we have the Holy Spirit, we hear from God directly by His Spirit who sends thoughts to our mind. Now, the devil also can send thoughts to your mind and your own flesh by its own desires can send thoughts to your mind. 
So you have to know which is God and which is myself and which are devils. Well, there's a big difference between the Holy Spirit and devils. I found that the Holy Spirit usually simply gives me options of ways that I could go that I'd never thought of before. For example, in 2020, I was living in Colorado by that time, and I was considering having new upholstery put on the front seats of my 25-year-old car. As I looked at that car and thought about it, the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and this is what he said. Or you could just buy a new car. And I thought, that's right, I could buy a new car. I have sold the house in Texas. The money is just sitting there in the bank. And even buying a new car, I would have money left over. So I could just buy a new car. That night I had a dream. God gave me a dream that I bought a new car. The next day I told Pam Paget, I live in her house, and I told Pam, I said, I've had this thought and I've had this dream. I think we should go out and look for a car immediately. And we did that same day and bought a car by the time the end of the day was over. When you have assurance that it's God leading you, what do you know about it? Well, first of all, you know you're not going to need that money. For God knows the future, and he will never take you in a way where you're going to be in an area of need. The plan he gives you allows you to go forward in faith with assurance that it will be all right to do this thing. I like that. I don't want to work out my own life. I don't want to live in my own wisdom. I want to live in God's wisdom because he knows the future and you have a sure thing when you hear from God. It's wonderful. We have great benefits that the other people don't have. We have a promise in James chapter 1, verse 5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth to all liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. It's a promise of God. If you ask God what you're supposed to do in this situation, he'll tell you. He knows the future. You can ask your neighbors. You can ask your mate. You can look on the internet for all kinds of answers. But God knows the future. I like to ask God. I like to be sure that whatever I'm doing is authored by God because then I have a sure thing. We have another great thing from God. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. 
My cousin was raised in Church of Christ all her life. From the time she was a baby, she was taken to church. When she was 97 years old, she was still in Church of Christ. She'd gone all those years to Church of Christ. She said to me, I do well during the day, but at night I get so lonely. And I said, oh, no problem. Because all you have to do is the minute you start feeling lonely, turn to God and just ask him to help you. And he will. Now that couldn't be simpler, could it? About a week or two later, I got a letter from my cousin. And she said, I do so well during the day, but at night I get so lonely. Here we have a church member who's been in church 97 years of her life who doesn't do scripture. It's tragic. It's the doing of the word of God where we are blessed. Not the hearing, the doing. Apply those scriptures to your life. Do the word of God. Now, right now, is there anyone listening to this who has any concern whatsoever? Think about it. Are you troubled about anything at all going, that's going on in your right, life right now? See, this shows you that you have not turned to God in prayer and settled it with God. Are you concerned about a doctor's appointment? I have a dentist appointment next week. I've already prayed about that. Why should we go through all of these cares and concerns and worries when we can turn to God in prayer and commit it to Him? I say things like, God, please don't let them do any more to me than they have to do, and please don't let them cause any pain. Please help them. And God answers that prayer. Prayer is the key to connecting with God. Jesus said, watch and pray that ye may be worthy to escape that which is coming upon the earth and that you can stand before the Son of Man. Watch what's going on and commit it to God in prayer because that makes you worthy to escape. Why? Because it connects you with God. As you pray over the problem, it connects you with God, and that makes you worthy to escape. It's so easy. I've given this example several times. It won't hurt any of us to hear it again. At this current year, I'm 83 years old. Thoughts began to come to me. Ooh, what if this happens, and what if that happens, and what will you do if this happens? And I said, God, help me. Instantly, the Holy Spirit brought this to my mind. God will supply all your need. I said, oh, that's right. God will supply all my need. So it's no problem if that happens. Whatever I need, God will supply. That's Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. The problem comes, and you instantly turn to God, help me. 
and he reminds you of something by the Holy Spirit which gives you faith and understanding of what is going to happen and you're back in a state of joy after God does that. It's living, Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. We live that. We're diligent to live that. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. What do you want God to do for you in this situation? I just paused the recorder and did my own prayer because I remembered something that I really hadn't settled fully. So I took time, even as I'm recording this, to stop and pray about something. Sometimes things just slip past us and we forget to pray. James chapter 1, verse 21. Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway, Forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, the Bible, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Looking into those scriptures and doing them, Looking into Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7, and doing it. I have met so many church people that fail to do Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Let's read it. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. It avails you nothing to read the Bible, to hear someone speak about Scripture, unless you're going to do the Scripture. Right now is a good opportunity for each of you to stop and do this scripture. Is there anything troubling you? Is there any concern at all that you have? You may say, well, I've got a bunch of concerns. Well, if I were you, what I would do is take a piece of paper and I would just start listing everything that troubled me that I'm concerned about. And I would do this scripture, Philippians chapter 4 Verse 6 and 7, be careful for nothing. I would take each one of those concerns to God in prayer, one at a time. You don't have to rush through it. And settle it with God. 
and pay attention when the Holy Spirit brings you a scripture or a thought because that's what you need right now. That's a special message from God to you. So pay attention to those scriptures that are called to your memory. For one of the things the Holy Spirit does is remind us of everything Jesus has said. Do you know what the Holy Spirit does in our lives? God showed me two sections of scripture which tell us what the Holy Spirit does. John chapter 14, verse 26, and John chapter 16, verse 13. Four things that the Holy Spirit does. John chapter 14, verse 26. Look at those two things first in that scripture. Jesus says in verse 26, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. I've always believed that was all things about spiritual things as well as secular things. And Jesus says he will bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. When I was a new Christian, my best friend who knew nothing about the Holy Spirit and I knew nothing about the Holy Spirit, neither one of us knew anything about the Holy Spirit. And she said to me, Joni, I'm enrolling you in Bible Memory Association. You've got to memorize scripture. And I said, I do? And she said, yes. She said, you will be given one verse of scripture per week to memorize Then you will recite that to me each week as your sponsor, and I will confirm that you have correctly quoted that scripture. Now, I have an earned doctorate, but that was the hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life, to memorize scripture. And today I can quote to you many scriptures without looking in the Bible. That's such a fleshly way to go about memorizing scripture. If you live the scripture, it will be in you, and you'll have no problem quoting that scripture. I didn't look up Philippians 4, 6 to quote it to you today. I live it all the time. It becomes a part of you. And if you do forget temporarily, don't worry. The Holy Spirit will bring it to your memory, and you'll say, Oh, yes, right, God will supply all my needs. That's right. It's such an easy way of life when you have the Holy Spirit and understand how he works. The other section of scripture is John chapter 16, verse 13. Jesus says, Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, of his own ideas, But whatsoever he shall hear from God, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. And as a new Christian, when God showed me these two sections of Scripture about what the Holy Spirit does, he also showed me 1 Corinthians chapter 2, because it tells a lot about the Holy Spirit in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I kept that before me day and night for weeks so that I would 
absorb these truths from God about the working of the Holy Spirit. And I could follow God that way. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Verse 1, Paul says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. God taught me from the beginning, in 1975, after I was born again, He taught me to live this way. I don't sit down and plan out what I'm going to say to you, I just start speaking, and I depend on the Holy Spirit as he brings a concept to my mind of something that's happened, I share it with you, or a scripture, I share it with you. That way your needs are met. I don't know your needs, but God knows what each one of you needs. And I'm here for the purpose of exhorting the church with the spiritual gift of exhortation. And all I have to do is yield to the Holy Spirit and speak what he reminds me of. And that's what he taught me. I've heard lots of ministers say that they worked with acting coaches or they worked with memorizing other ministers' tapes and things like that. I never did any of that. I just read the Bible, sort of like you'd work with a computer and program the Bible in it. I'm the computer thing, and I read the Bible and then just repeated the things the Holy Spirit brought to my attention when I'm speaking with you, like this podcast, because that does the work of God. And that's what Paul's talking about. My speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And then Paul goes on in this same chapter to tell us about the Holy Spirit. Start at verse 9. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him, but... God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things we also speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Verse 10. 
We have the Spirit of God to teach us all things. In 1975, when I was born again, I owned a small business in Dallas, Texas, in American Indian Arts. A man from Houston called me once, and he said his wife was going to start an American Indian Arts business. And when he had called and checked around, people recommended that he come talk to me. I said to him, I don't know anything at all about business. And he said, well, you're the one they recommended that I talk with, and I want to come talk with you. He said, I am a graduate of Harvard Business School. I said, oh, God, get me out of this. I didn't know anything about business. Well, the man insisted, and he came to Dallas to talk to me, and the first question he asked me is, what is your marketing plan? I said, oh, goodness. God, please help me. But I said to him, well, you have to understand this. I am a Christian. So when I get ready to go out to the reservation to buy merchandise, the first thing I do is pray for the Indian artist to make the items that I need to purchase. When I get out to the reservation, I pray for God to show me the items that I need to buy. And as I'm en route back home with the merchandise, I pray for God to send the angels out to get the customers to come in to purchase the items. He said, well, that's a form of marketing. And he left. I have run businesses by the information concerning the gifts of the Holy Spirit, where he would teach me all things. He will teach me what to buy when I had my business and was out on the reservation. I believed those prayers. I believed that God would have the merchandise created for me before I got there to the reservations. And then I did believe that God would send his angels out to bring the customers in to buy the merchandise, and I never had a sale in the years that I was running my business, and everything sold. So I have lived these scriptures, and when you live a scripture, it becomes part of you, and you know that scripture. You don't have to try to memorize it. You are doing it every day, so you can quote it. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.